0: Bueller. Bueller. Welcome to another episode of Koto Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Codo, aka Koda Man. And yes, that is right, if you heard that right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about Bueller himself. That's right. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I mean I mean if anything if anything when it comes to movies uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of them, and I'm not gonna lie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is obviously one of the best coming-of-age films, particularly in the t- in the team comedy drama. And and of course, and of course, going into a little bit of detail of this film, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a 1986. American teen comedy film written, co-produced, and directed by John Hughes, and is co-produced by Tom Jacobson. The film stars Matthew Broderick, Mia Sarah, and Alan Rook, with supporting roles from Jennifer Grey, Jeffrey Jones, Edith Marie McClurg, and many more. The plot of this film tells the story of a high school slacker named Ferris Bueller who is being played by Matthew Broderick. He skips school with his best friend Cameron being played by Alan Ruck and his girlfriend Sloan being played by Mia Sara for a day in Chicago and regularly breaks the fourth wall to explain his techniques and inner thoughts. So. Yes, that is basically the plot of the film. I mean, it's the title of the film, too. I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, you could definitely put the pieces together and say, oh, the plot of the film is, ba- is basically Ferris Bueller taking a day off. So, yeah, you can basically basically come to realize that. <laughs> so, anyway, now the idea of this of this movie... Now the idea of this movie came from uh, John Hughes, who, as I mentioned, directed the film, produced the film, and wrote the film as well. Now this is also coming off the heels of his uh, of his previous film, The Breakfast Club, which came out in uh, 1985. And now a year later, he he came out with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, out of all the out of out of the films that he has now. When it comes to um his films like his like John Hughes, John Hughes is known for uh, a lot of teen films. He has directed, he has wrote and directed some of the most memorable uh, coming of age coming coming of age films, particularly in the teen comedy film genre. Now, um the films that he directed such as well of course Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he also directed Weird Science, Planes Trains and Automobiles including Uncle Buck. He has also written other films as well which includes the uh, which includes the Home Alone the first two Home Alone movies even even his uh, contributions to the uh, Miracle on 34th Street remake that starred Marl Wilson. He, he also wrote the, uh, the vacation movie the National Lampoon Vacation movies with Chevy Chase. Starting with the first, starting with the first, starting with the first one that uh, dated all the way back in 1983, along with the second film that came out in 1985, and of course the Christmas Vacation one in 1989, which also came, which um, Uncle Buck also came out the same year as well. Now for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, John Hughes wrote the screenplay in less than a week. Holy cow, less than a week. I mean I guess he I guess he knew right away. I guess he knew right away what he wanted to write then now principal photography of this of this movie began in September of nineteen eighty five and finished in november so september october November, so that's not a long shoot, so that's a pretty short photograph principal photography schedule now of course um Now, of course, this movie takes place in, in Chicago and it featured many Chicago landmarks, including the Sears Tower, Wrigley Field and the Art Institute of Chicago. Now, the film, according to John Hughes, it is described as a love letter to Chicago. And John Hughes says this, and I quote, I really wanted to capture as much of Chicago as I could, not just in the architecture and landscape. But the spirit of it. So, so basically, throughout the, the entire movie, he's capturing like the spirit of Chicago. So not just like, not just the buildings and landscapes, but getting getting into the spirit of it. And of course, this is also a trend that he also uses in his other films too. Like uh, most of his uh, teen comedy films takes place. In the uh, in the in the Chicago area, most notably the Chicago metropolitan area, like a Breakfast Club, Uncle Buck, including uh, including ho- the first including the uh, first two Home Alone movies. Although even though the second Home Alone movie took place in New York City, the first uh, part of the film took place still in Chicago for the for the Home Alone sequel. But you kind of get the uh, kind of get the kind of get the gist of it. John Hughes likes to sh- likes to shoot his films around the, the Chicago the Chicago area even references even some of the references even, even there are even references to his other films that he, there are even references to uh Chicago in his other films like 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 in the great outdoors for example it's not in Chicago it, it's not in Chicago it's in a different location it's in it's in a uh different it's in a different location in state but of course there was a there was a reference to there was a reference to there was a reference to it. The same can be said with the uh, National Lampoon, The same can be said with the National the, the the National Lampoon vacation movies too. Like like the first part of the movie takes place in uh, like in Chicago, but then later on ta- but later on in the in the movie it takes place in different locations. So there's some hidden reference. So there's some references to it. So John Hughes likes to use Chicago a lot in most of his films. Now going to Ferris B- now now going to Ferris Bueller. Um I now to now going to Ferris Bueller I'm going to give my 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 brief background on the movie I I never I I was first introduced to Ferris Bueller when I was still in school I was I was in I would say like I was still in my teens at the time I was in my teens at the time very early teens pre I was in my pre-teens at the time where I was introduced to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, I didn't know what this movie was about. And and the, and the more I watched, and the more I realized like, "Oh, this is actually interesting. This is a, this is very interesting. This is funny. This is good. How do I know these actors?" And 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 I completely recognized the uh, Matthew Broderick because uh, Matthew Broderick has been popping up in films like in different films lately especially throughout his career like 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 Matthew Broderick has a has Matthew Broderick like he's got a he has been he has been in different ro- different roles and and of course and of course with Ferris Bueller Ferris Bueller's his pop is in my opinion Ferris Bueller is his po- is his popular role like Ferris Bueller and Ferris Bueller's day off that's his, that is Matthew Broderick's popular movie role in my personal opinion like you get like Like not just from the film itself, but like some of the memorable quotes and moments as well. Like, like life moves, like life moves pretty fast. You know, stop and look around once in a while. You might, you might miss something. And of course, his, his, of course, his fourth wall breaking moments. Like, like, oh man, like right out of the gate, like right out of the gate, (laughs) like right out of the gate, like. He he literally he's basically your your narrator of the film and of course uh, he's not the uh, and of course um, Ferris Bueller's not the only film that that can easily break the fourth wall. Deadpool did that too in his in his own movie as well. Ryan Reynolds Deadpool he breaks the fourth wall as well. Even the comics the comics did it first as well, but but with Ferris Bueller Ferris Bueller takes it to a whole nother level in this movie. Now. Now as I mentioned the film came out in in uh, 1986, June 11th, 1986, and it was distri- distributed by uh, Paramount Pictures. And and when the film was first released, it received critical acclaim from from critics and audiences alike, who praised Matthew Broderick's performance, the humor and the tone. The tone is pretty light, but but the humor in this film is funny. It's so funny. The humor The jokes and the the humor, the jokes, and the characters as well. I mean, come on. It's Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller is obviously one of the most memorable characters. And, of course, um, the the movie is also referenced in other movies as well. Like, there's been a lot of references going on. There's a lot of Ferris Bueller references. Like, they reference Ferris Bueller a lot in the media. Particularly in movies, TV shows, and other points of media. And... And and of and of course, Deadpool the 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 first Deadpool movie also poked fun of Ferris Bueller as well, particularly the end credits the end credit scene where everybody everybody stayed after the credits to see a post credit scene, and then um, the scene where Ferris Bueller pops his head open and he's like, "You still here? It's over. Go home." Deadpool did that too. Deadpool took that took that scene as well. And of course, it went into a different direction to tease the second Deadpool film, and I thought that was pretty funny. Then I realized, oh, so that that also oh, that so that's a reference to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I was like, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> so, so anyway, so anyway, so anyway, um, so any, anyway, I'm gonna break down the film. So anyway, that before I break down the movie, what did I think about the film? Oh, come on. I love the film. Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a was a fun film. That was a fantastic movie, fantastic coming of age teen comedy film. I thought it was I thought it was great. First time watching it, and then seeing it more and watching it more and more and more. It it really is it is that film. Come on, it is a fantastic film. All right, all right. So time to bring on. All right, so time to bring on the time to bring out some nostalgic vibes because i'm gonna i'm because i'm gonna talk about ferris bueller's day off so of course though the movie opens up in a chicago suburb now this is two months before graduation and of course ferris bueller is a senior in high school so he wakes up and and of course for those of you who have seen the film realizes that he is faking an illness but of course uh and of course his fan, his parents uh bought bought the whole idea bought bought the whole idea that like Ferris Bueller that Ferris Bueller is ill. His mom, his dad all look at him, no one's saying that um that he that he woke up feeling dazed, like he couldn't like Ferris could barely see he could barely get out of bed, and of course his hands is all clammy and stuff. But of course, uh um Ferris Bueller's sister, um Ferris B- 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 sister Jean G- Jeannie, G- who is being played by Jennifer Gray, um, she stands she stands there like like re- she stands there all being like, you know, you know, she's being this uh being this whole uh, snitch a bit of a, this whole snitch and bratty sister to uh Fer- to uh, her brother Fer- 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 Ferris. And of course, um and of course, uh, Je- Jeannie uh, flips off, flips off, uh, flips off Ferris Bueller, fl- flips off Fer- Ferris Bueller by saying, "Did you bite the big one?" I mean, she says that while flipping him off. She gives, she gives him the middle finger. But of course, uh, Ferris Bueller winks at her. Ferris Bueller winks at her, knowing the fact that Ferris is <laughs> making all this up. So you know right away that he's, <laughs> that he's making this up, that he's making this up, and his parents bought it. Jean even goes Jean, Jean 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 even goes so far to say um goes so far goes far so far to say that she wants out of this family because because the fact that um the fact that her parents bought this whole of uh, this whole fake illness that Ferris Bueller is plotting even though the parents don't know that she knows she knows and she knows it so you already got the whole idea what's what's going on. So, after the family left the house, uh, Ferris Bueller uh, sits, up, sits up in his bed, and he looks at the, looks at the audience and says, they bought it. <laughs> and then, of course, you get the whole MTV music theme play, playing, knowing the fact that this is like a sign of victory. They bought it. They actually bought it. <laughs> they bought, they, they, fell, they fell into Ferris Bueller's uh, prank. That that he that Ferris Bueller faked an illness, and of course, like throughout the beginning of this, throughout the entire opening of the film, it's just Ferris Bueller talking to the audience, which is basically breaking the fourth wall. He tells uh, every he tells everybody that he feels incredible, knowing the fact that that was one of his worst uh, fake illness performances that he that he has ever performed, and then of course this was on a Monday, but this is on a Monday course the the big payoff is when he opens the blinds to his in his room he looks outside he looks outside of the beautiful day and he's and he really says how can i possibly how can i possibly go to school on a day like this like like yeah exactly how can you go to school on a beautiful day like this and he looks outside clear skies clear blue sky it's sunny it's not raining you barely see any clouds out there. And, and, and it, of course, it's so hilarious, too. Like, how can I possibly do school on a day like this? Like, it's so funny, man. Come on. Just, the way I said it was so good, too. So, and then he does his morning routine. He does his morning routine, you know. He does his morning routine by going to the bathroom, taking a shower, brush his teeth. And while he's also talking to the talking to the audience, he also gives in his own thoughts of how he was able, how to like you know fake fake an fake an illness as well while also setting up some uh, while also setting up a diversion, knowing the fact that he's gonna put a uh, he's putting a uh, one of those mechanical dummies in his bed, you know, just to make just to like you know fool parents, let them know that hey, this is Ferris Bueller in his bed sleeping, and. And then, of course, you get the famous clo- fa- one of the famous quotes from this film. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. That's basically the quote of that movie. Like, like life moves pretty fast. I will say this. Like, sometimes, and of course, and sometimes it does. If it, Time flies by very quick. So, if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah, and that's a very good quote. Like, sometimes, like, it goes by very quick. You don't even notice it. Yeah. I mean, Ferris Bueller has a point too, and of course he also adds on to it that uh, this was his ninth sick day. So, so technically, uh, Ferris Bueller was absent nine times. Nine times. This was his ninth sick day, and if he had to go for ten, and, and, if, it was, it was, and he, if he had to go for ten, he had a barf. He might have to barf out a lung. That's what he said. In the, that's one of the. He said something like that for in the movie, for what I can remember, but. But anyway but anyway, uh, n- later on in the next scene we get we get the uh, student roll call from uh, from an economics teacher who's being played by Ben Stein and this this is of course the uh, famous scene this is the famous uh, scene one of the famous scenes in this movie where uh, the teacher is calling out calling, trying to call out Ferris Bueller's name just to make sure this is basically the attendance roll call right there. And, and what he's, and what he, once he gets to Bueller's name, he says, he calls, he calls out for Bueller's name by saying, Bueller, 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 until a student, uh, until a student interrupts to tell the professor that, um, I forgot what the student said, like, I forgot, it was a very long, uh, it was a very long quote, but I completely forgot, but, but the last part says Ferris Bueller got passed out. Pa- pa- she told the prof. It was a it was a girl, by the way. It was a girl who uh, uh, told the who told the te- who told the professor or teacher, I should say, that uh, Ferris Bueller passed that passed out on 31 different 31 or something different flavors last night. Must be pretty serious. That's what the student said, and uh, and of course the, te- the the teacher said thank you, and then. Um, and then the teacher continue, continues on the attendance roll call. He tries to call out another student's name, uh, named Fry, but of course uh, he calls out Fry uh, multiple times. Fry, Fry, Fry. But of course, uh, Fry, uh, Fry is Ferris Bueller's best friend. That's Cameron Fry, being played by Alan Rook. It cuts to the Cuts to. Uh, Cameron Fry's home in a for and what looks to be a forest preserve of some sorts. Um, he's in bed. He he's in he's in bed. He feels like complete crap because he has this like hypochond he has this hypochondriac condition where it's a condition in which a person is is excessively and unduly worried about having a serious illness. And um and and he's in bed. He gets a phone call from Ferris, who's just basically like, and he's just basically hanging out in the backyard, drinking what looks to be a smoothie. Like he, like Ferris wants to invite Fry over to like, you know, come on to come on over because obviously he's taking a day off. And then and then later on and then later on and then later on, of course, of course Cameron, of course Cameron go. Was able to get into the whole. Was able to get into the deal. And one of my favorite. One of my favorite. Actually, one of my favorite jokes in that movie was when um, Ferris Bueller cuts to the the audience about Cameron says, "I'll I'll bet you any money that Cameron is sitting in his car right now, trying to think about coming over to my coming coming over to the house." Then the scene cuts to Cameron sitting in the car, thinking thinking over what he's gonna do next. That is, that got, that got me to laugh. And I'm pretty sure it did when, when it first came out. Like, like Cameron is in his car. He, um, he sits in the car and he's like, okay, okay. You know what? I'm going to do it. He tries to start the car. He tries to start the car, but I, but it really doesn't. It doesn't really, I think it did. I don't really know if it did. I think the car broke down of some sort. I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think, I mean, like the car, like he's trying to start the engine. Of course, like it didn't go. So something was, something was probably up. Something was probably up. And then something was left for the audience to decide, to decide. So of course, so, so then, so, so then like Ferris gets like different phone calls. Ferris gets like different phone calls. He phone calls like different students at the school. Like one student who is basically a freshman ferris drops that drops that to the audience like like the like he tries to help help this freshman to get out of summer school because i mean like why would he like like why would he go to summer school like like he like even when that one student even that one freshman said yeah i can't survive summer school i can't i can't survive summer school without ferris like he's like ferris is trying to help him get out of summer summer school and then another and then uh, some and then another student comes in to talk to Ferris about hanging out, but of course, um, this one student is worried that Ferris's condition was is, is was was going to be serious. Although, of course, knowing Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller' affected illness, but of course, I mean, you know, it's Ferris Bueller. You know, it's the scene speaks for itself. This scene speaks for itself. <laughs> so, so then later on, so then later on, uh. So, so then, later on, uh, in another scene, Ferris's mom is at her office. She gets a phone call from the dean of students, from the dean, from the dean of students himself, Ed Edward Rooney, who call who calls um, uh, Ferris, the the mom's office, you know, because um you know back in you know how in uh back in you know before going to college in you you know how in school how a lot of schools nowadays like. Like you know, like elementary school, junior high, and high schools. Like if a um student is not feeling well, like they have to call like the the, the, the dean's office to let them know, hey, that student won't be coming in. Well, apparently Ferris's mom forgot to do that, but but somehow um Ed, Edward Rooney, who's being played by uh, Jeffrey Jones, he finds that he, he calls he calls the mom and tells and literally tells. Tells her that um, he literally tells her that he's he's determined that he's going that he that he, he he doesn't think he believes that fair he tells her that that Ferris won't won't be um won't be graduating. Well, he tells the mom that he he believes like he believes that fair that he tells her that that Ferr Ferris thinks that he can go coast through this semester. He is sorely mistaken because Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller was absent nine times. So, like, this is like I said, this is his ninth sixth, sixth day. This is Ferris Bueller's ninth sixth day. And he's been absent nine times. He tells the mom, he tells the mom about it, but of course, uh, that changes when uh, when when the numbers started to count down from nine all the way to two, and of course, Ed Rooney sees all of it while he's talking to Ferris's mom. But of course, what we all know, that was Ferris Bueller, who hacked into the computer, into the school's computer by using a computer of his own that he got from, that he got from his parents. And this is also another, this is also another funny moment, too, because at the scene, this, because after, after Ed Rooney sees all the, the days countdown from nine to two, the scene cuts to Ferris, to cuts to, the scene cuts to Ferris, who breaks the fourth wall again, who breaks the fourth wall again and says, "I asked for a car. My parents bought me a computer. And I forgot what the rest of the other quote was, but it was something. But it was something else. But it was so funny too because because now because now he gets back because now he gets back into the school's computer. Oh my goodness! Like, oh my goodness! You know." you know you know it may not be the gift that you it may not be the gift that you wanted but it is it is the gift that comes and goes and then of course uh it cuts and then cutting back to Ed Rooney Ed Edward Rooney again he starts to freak out he calls out uh he calls out one of his uh coworkers named Grace who who <laughs> He, he he calls out to uh, Gra- he calls out to Grace, who is being played by Edith Mar- Edith Marie McClurg, who is basically um, sniffing out this whiteout stuff. This whiteout whiteout stuff. It's like she's sniffing it, and then like she- he tries to get uh, get he tries to get Grace's Gra- Grace's attention. She doesn't hear it, and and Ed Rudy screams Grace Grace. Like Ed Rooney's freaking out because he realized that 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 Ferris Bueller hacked into his computer. He keeps screaming, Krass! And then, you know, of course, Ferris's mom uh, even says, "Like, well, of course, you know, hey, you know, you're gonna have students ditch school, but of co- but but to be honest with you, Ferris Bueller is a sick boy." to another scene, Ferris Bueller. to another scene of Ferris Bueller, Bueller trying to play a clarinet doesn't work out pretty well. And and then the reason why, because Ferris Bueller had never had one lesson to play clarinet. <laughs> and then later on you get the whole um you get the you get the you get the teacher again that Ben Stein plays and he he presents his, you know, he presents his, you know, uh, old school presentation to the or lecture, old school lecture to the students. About uh, uh different economics of some sorts, and then all the students are bored out of their minds, realizing like, what is this guy talking about? Why am I even listening? Why am I even listening to this teacher? But also, of course, you know, hey, that's your that is your typical teenage teenage uh, school teenage days at school, and of course, yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Later on, back at the dean's uh, the back at the dean's office, you you get uh, Grace and Ed Rooney uh, ta- uh, discussing like the whole Ferris Bueller situation. Like, like he know, like Grace realized that Ferris Bueller is very popular. He is a popular student. You know, yeah, he does fake illnesses, but he is a popular student. But which is why uh, Ed Rooney wants to stop Ferris Bueller because he he wants to expose Ferris Bueller's uh, antics of why. Of why uh, Ferris Bueller should not give out bad ideas and I'll be honest with you I mean I can understand where where Ed Rudy's coming from like yes like uh, I can actually understand that like because there are students who are troublemakers too I mean believe believe me there are students who do get in trouble but there are also students who get in trouble but also get away with certain things and and surely enough, Ferris Bueller does—he uh, does get away with a lot of stuff in this movie. In this movie, by the way, but also at the same time, like the movie goes so far with Ed Rooney's character, like like Ed Rooney even stalks Ferris Bueller, like like he like sure yes, I, I, like sure yes, like a couple things, sure yes, a, a couple things. One, I understand where Ed Rooney is coming from because one. He wants to make sure that his students in this school succeed and graduate and graduate. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, you got to make sure your students graduate on time. Otherwise, they are going to have consequences. But but, and I could understand why he just wants Ferris Bueller to stop doing all of this. And of course, this may result in him in, in uh, getting an extra year of school. He may have to do an extra year in school in order to graduate but but stalking a kid is 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 going too far like 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 ed rooney goes so far to stalk ferris bueller like he leaves the school grounds to find ferris Bu to find ferris bueller and that's what he does that's what he does in this movie like like part of it i mean a part and a part of me is like well, okay. I know you want st- to. I know you want to stop Ferris Bueller, but that doesn't mean you should go off of school grounds just to hunt him down. Like, like, isn't there? Isn't that supposed to be a? Isn't there supposed to be a parent involved in this situation? Because this is a high school kid you're deal. This is a high school kid you're dealing with. You're you're dealing with. And and of course, like, but of course, I mean that's the whole point of the movie. In real life. In real life, like let me let me be honest with you. If that happened in real life, where somebody where somebody goes so far, where a dean where a dean of students goes so far to um, leave school grounds to find to hunt down this student, just because you know, just because he skipped, skipped just because he had uh, nine absent he or she had nine absences. And then, and without, and then of course, not without the involvement of a parent, of a parent or a trusted adults, that's going to be, and that's basically violating code of conduct, like school code of conduct, like correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there, isn't there like a school code of conduct where a um superintendent is, where a superintendent is not allowed to like, you know, uh, hunt down like kids off of school grounds like during school hours, like off of, like off a of school off a of school ground or during school hours of some sort. I mean correct me if I'm wrong. I mean correct me if I'm wrong. But this is just me saying like I get why I get I get it that Ed Rooney wants to I get it Ed Rooney wants to make sure his students succeed and Ferris Bueller is that example because Ferris Bueller hadn't had nine sick days. Although of course a ditch days I should say. But but, but, but I get why I get it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you should, that does not mean, that doesn't mean you should go off school grounds to stalk a kid like that. Like that's, that's wrong. That is just wrong. Where's the parent? Like, don't you need a parent? Don't you need like a, I mean, don't you need to talk to a parent about that or a kid's parent or trusted adult about that? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So anyway, uh, Ed Rooney gets a phone call, which turns out to be uh, a phony phone call from Cameron Fry, who uh, impersonates a police inspector or who, who impersonates a p- police inspector with a French accent. Ed Rooney thought Ed Rooney kind of thought Ed Rooney thought that it was basically Ferris Bueller p- pulling, pulling a prank. And he insults Cam- Cameron Fry because. Like the the thing is, he's tr- Cameron's trying to pull off a dead uh, grandma, a, a dead grandma situation, and Ed Rooney go even goes so far to like you know insult into to, to make to make insults about the de- about the dead grandma. Like he wants to see the body. I mean, like dude, come on, like don't go that. far. Oh my goodness, why would you go that far, man? Why, oh, why would you go that far? Of course, like I said, this is a phony phone call, by the way. But even, um, but but even, but Karen Fry, who basically impersonates Sergeant Peterson, basically Peterson, Sergeant Peterson. And, and, and he, and, and Ed Rooney comes to realize that after Grace, after Grace gets a phone call from Ferris Bueller, like, like, like she. Like she tells, she tells Ed Rooney that Ferris Bueller's on line too. Ed Rooney, why eyes wide up, realizes that realizes that Ferris is on a different line, and doesn't realize that he's that he's talking to the real deal. And this is where it gets crazy too, because 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 uh, Ed Rooney just like just literally at a loss of words, just insulted. Just insulting, just insulting not only the phony Peterson, but also the the dead the dead relative. Like, come on, man! Come on, man! That's just that's just come on, that's just rude. I mean, come on, Ed Rooney. But of course, obviously, he fell falls for that because this is Ferris Bueller's plan. Ferris Bueller set this whole thing up, by the way, just so he can just so he could get uh Sloan just so he could get get Sloan out of class and Sloan Pearson Sloan is being played by uh, Mia Sarah and um and she's basically uh Ferris's love interest so yeah so yeah anyway so yeah anyway anyway um so anyway uh Cameron and uh Cameron and Ferris are trying to come up with a plan to like you know how to get Sloan out out, how to get uh, Sloan outside. But it does get into a bit of a situation. Because like. Uh, Cameron does go a little bit farther. And goes a little bit too deep into Ed Rooney By the fact that he wants. Uh, that he wants. Uh, the deep- wants Ed Rooney with Sloan out front. But Ferris freaks out. And, um, and of course this is because Ferris freaked out. This is also because Ferris freaked out. Knowing the fact that this is a phony phone call there that we were making. And and this also leads to an idea, it's like how we're gonna get, um, how we're gonna, how they're gonna get Sloan how they're gonna get Sloan. Well, well, it turns out, um, Karen's got this, uh, Ferrari at his home, and uh, there's there's a soundtrack that there's a song that's being played in the background, and it's a and it's one of, and it's basically, uh. And it's basically a uh, song. He got this song that there's a song that's being played in the background, which is basically called "Oh Yeah." Like once the Fer- this is basically the theme of the Fer- of the Ferrari that is being that put- that is that is being shown in this movie. Like like Cameron's dad owns this uh, Ferrari. It's a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. California Spider, and, and it's, and it's literally, and it's literally a, a, and it's literally a a pretty good car, it's a pretty good car, and, and that song, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a, that, that has a nice touch to it, too, to to introduce a car like that, Ferrari, (laughs) so, so anyway, so anyway, uh, Ferris and Cameron take the car. Take the car. They they take the car. but but Cameron fears for his father's wrath, and because like if anything happens to the car, you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, hey, if anything happens to a car like that, if he was owned by uh someone's relative, oh, there's gonna be some wrath going on. So, so Ferris decides to take the car on a uh. Well, 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 on a day trip into Chicago, but before that, Cameron and Cameron and Ferris went to the school to pick up Sloan Peterson, and they do so, and they do so, so um, so Miss, so the Sergeant Peterson, who's being who, so who's the Sergeant Peterson? Well, if you thought it was Cameron, Cameron Frye, no, it was Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller decides to disguise himself as Sergeant Pierce Peterson. He's wearing this, he's wearing this uh. Uh, he's wearing this, uh, wearing this, uh, trench coat and a hat, sunglasses, who almost looks like the, who almost looks like the Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther. And, and of course, when, uh, Sloan sees, uh, uh, Ferris disguised as Mr. Peterson, Sloan kisses Ferris in, in the lips, in the lips. And I'm just like, are you trying to blow your cover or something? Are you trying to blow your cover, Ferris? <sighs> okay, because this is one of those moments where uh, Ferris Bueller almost blow his blew his cover like 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 I don't know the whole idea of that, but Ferris, 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 don't blow your cover like that. I mean, yeah, it's good that you're seeing your girlfriend, but you're still in disguise. Don't blow your cover by, uh, kissing your, 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 girlfriend when, um, when, when Ed Rooney is standing outside on the front porch, if you know what I'm saying, I mean, they should have left the school, oh man, they should have left the school, they should have left the school before, they should have left the school before they, before Ferris and Sloan made that move, but anyway, of course, they do leave the school grounds by revving up the engine, and, uh, they take a day trip into Chicago, and of course, uh, course later on ferris's sister um g- ferris's sister g gets uh all je- gets jealous she gets jealous and uh, because and you know how ferris bueller is popular everybody loves ferris bueller one student just decide to a donation starts starts a little donation he has this like little pepsi Cola can for asking people for donations to you know to um to get uh to get, uh, a new pl- to get Ferris a new kidney, to get uh, Ferris a new kidney, kidney. So it was like a like like a kidney implant or something. But but uh, but Ferris's sister Jean is so mad that he that she smacks the coin, ju- she smacks the Pepsi Cola can out of this guy's hand, and this guy is just all mad, is all pissed. Although she, although he doesn't know that this is that he's talking to Ferris's sister. Like Ferris Ferris's sister Jean is so jealous right now, and. Hey, sucks for hey, it sucks for her, I guess. But anyway, I mean, yeah, you can understand why she's. Je- I mean, you know, you can understand why she's jealous. But later on, later, later in the film, she does come to realize a little bit. But um, but anyway, but anyway, um, so so anyway, Ferris, uh, Cameron, and Sloan all go to Chicago. They all hang out in Chicago. They go to different locations. They go to they go to different locations. They give the car. They give the Ferris gives the Ferrari car to two different uh, parking garage guys who would take a joyride throughout Chicago. Who take a joyride joy ride throughout Chicago, which is so funny. And one of the moments is when those two guys were driving in slow motion, and the Star Wars and then the Star Wars theme and the, the main Star Wars theme song is playing in the background as if they're as they're enjoying their joyride, ride is so so good because it was in slow motion and the guys are just driving by as if as if there were, as if freedom was ahead as if freedom was as if freedom was was straight ahead for those two. Like wow wow <laughs> but but anyway but anyway um but anyway we go we go back to the moment where um Ed Rooney tries to uh, make another phone, make try to make a phone call to the Petersons, but unfortunately, it didn't go. It, that did not go through because uh, there was a voicemail box left with with Sloan saying like, "We have not done in the family." <laughs> but of course, um, Ed Rooney realizes that Ed Ed Rooney knows that Ferris is setting this all up. He knows he's setting this all up. Which is why he go- he decides to leave the school grounds to find Ferris. Like I said, he's going so far to he's going so far to to he's he's going so far to find Ferris. Like he's 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 stalking. He's about to go stalk. He's going to stalk. He's leaving school grounds to find to to, to stalk on Ferris. Like that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And and he does and he does so. He goes into the downtown area of Chicago to find Ferris Bueller. Like, like he's going into detective mode. He stops by at what look, what appears to be an arcade game. He sees um he sees what's what looks to be Ferris Bueller, but it turns out, but it turned but that that turns that is not true because when um when Ed uh, when Ed uh, stands behind this guy who looks like Ferris, he literally says. He's like, game's up, Ferris. Your ass is mine. But actually, it turns out, it's not Ferris. It was somebody else. It was a woman. Like, Ed Rooney confused this one person who thought she was Ferris, but no. Like, no, no. And he gets, he gets, like, Pepsi. And this this girl spits pe- Pepsi into his face. through Into, this girl, like, takes a sip of Pepsi, and she, spits spits it through her straw into uh, Ed Rooney's face like like she doesn't know who this guy who she doesn't know who this who this who this uh, Ed Rooney dean of students teacher is like she doesn't know who that guy is like really and then the next moment and then the next moment like he he he's he's at the front he's at the front desk of the kitchen where uh, there's a team, there, there's a Chicago Cubs game he played on TV and Ferris Bueller was show was is being show is being shown on TV catching catching a baseball he and he he literally stands up for joy after catching the ball. Ed Rooney doesn't see it at all because he was he's wiping his face with napkins from that Pepsi mistakenly thought mistake literally thought that he was going after Ferris Bueller but instead he went after a, a girl who looks like Ferris Bueller. But then uh Cameron and Ferris were at a ball were at the ball game, you know, saying, Hey, hey, bada ba swing bada And that was a good moment too. They even Cameron, Sloan and 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 Ferris, they all they go to this uh restaurant in Chicago in the downtown area of Chicago, which uh reminds me of that restaurant from uh the Blues Brothers. I think it's the same restaurant, I think it's the same restaurant too, but but, of course, uh, Ferris realizes that the restaurant that he and his friends were at was the same restaurant that his father goes to. Like, out of all the places, out of all the restaurant places in Chicago that Ferris, his father, goes to, the one that he ends up at is the same restaurant that he would go to. I forgot what the name of the restaurant was. Like, I, I forgot the name of the restaurant, what the name of the restaurant was, but it is, like, but it is a but it is it is one of those like classic restaurants in Chicago and one of those classic restaurants in Chicago that you see in movies, just in my personal opinion. So anyway, so anyway, they were able to, um, so they were able, so the three were able to steer, stay out of the, were able to, were were able to get to stay out of Ferris's out of the way for Ferris's father. They visit the art institute of Chicago. They visit the art institute of Chicago. Which is the, uh, which is basically, um, the museum, which is basically, uh, this is basically that museum they went to where, um, test screening audiences didn't like that scene because of how it was, not only because of the music, but also the way how it was placed. So that's why, uh, that scene, that's why that scene was, was used for an earlier scene instead of like the last scene they would go to. And it's still, but at the same time, it was a pretty famous scene because you get, you get the famous, uh, Standing moment between between Ferris, Cameron, and Slum. Like they both stand, they both stand with their arms crossed over, as if they were like, as if they were like models of anything. And that's a pretty famous, and that's a famous moment. That's a that's a famous still moment right there, if you know what I'm saying. Where the three are standing straight, having their arms crossed, and they're just basically standing as what appears to be models. That's a pretty famous scene. Now, of course, later, now of course, later on, we go to um, the the parade scene. We go to the parade where uh, Ferris Bueller steps on a float and and sing, and literally sings and he sings "Twist and Shout" by the Beatles. Now, this scene, now this scene, Ferris Bueller, now, now Matthew Broderick did some dancing for that scene and he um. And he did get and and that scene, the choreography for that scene was done by Kenny Ortega. And, and to tell you the truth, that was a pretty good moment. That was a good moment. The whole parade sequence was very good. I really liked the parade sequence. And and the the whole parade sequence is very good. And I really liked that. And 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 dancing, like now Mandy Broderick's dancing was good too, but he he even stated that he was scared. He was very scared, and and but the thing was, the the whole dance choreography was was carefully sequenced and choreographed beforehand. So it actually worked out very well dur- pr- during the film during during not only during rehearsals but also during the entire shoot as well. Now. um now, uh, now of course, Kenny Kenny Ortega would later would later choreograph Dirty Dancing with uh, Jennifer Grey, because uh, Jennifer Grey is also in Dirty Dancing. She plays one of the main characters in that movie, and and of course she plays uh, Ferris Bueller's sister in this movie. But of course, after the whole dance sequence, Matthew Browder was was pretty sore after the dance sequence, but he was still well enough to do what what you see in the parade there. But but he couldn't do most of Kenny Ortega's knee spins and things like that that he had worked on and when 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 he when they did the shoot the choreography and the choreography was there and Matthew Broder remembered it. Even John Hughes would yell will yell with a megaphone okay do it again but don't do any of the choreography <laughs> so yeah so the choreography they were able to nail the dance choreography and then, of course, later on, later on, we cut back to Ed Rooney, who goes to Ferris Bueller's house. Like, he goes to Ferris Bueller's house to find Ferris, and he rings the doorbell. But, of course, what he doesn't realize is that, you know, this whole recording, like, Ferris Bueller planned this whole thing. Like, he had this recording where um, he tells, like, like, whoever's at the door, he tells, like, he tells that person, like, Lizard. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't come to the door right now. I'm afraid of my weekend conditions. I could literally, I could, I could, I could, if my weekend conditions, I would, it would definitely lead into further school absences. You can reach out to my parents. Have a nice, thank you for stopping by. Have a nice day. Like, Ed Rooney realizes that too. Ed Rooney realizes that too. Like, he knows damn well that, (laughs) Like Ed Rooney knows damn well that he's that 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 Ferris Bueller set this up. Like he knows that, and he he tries to go around in the front. He tries to go around in the back of the house to find Ferris. Like like he stepped like only to be stepped in mud, and then he and then and then getting chased by a dog. I don't remember Ferris Bueller having a pet dog, but I'm pretty sure there were some earlier. I'm pretty sure there were some early ideas where um Ferris Bueller had a dog. And I forgot what the breed of the dog, I forgot the dog, I forgot the breed of the dog, but it was definitely a dog. They, like, there was a dog, like, like, Ed Rooney gets chased by a dog, and the only way to escape that was to, you know, give the dog his shoe. Like, he gave the dog, gave the dog one of his shoes, and just so he could escape. And he tries to get it back, but the dog, like, literally barks at him, tries to bite him, and bite him and maul him. But of course, uh, but of, but of course, uh, Ed Rooney knocks the dog out. Now you're probably wondering, how did he knock the dog out? Well, it turns out um, uh, some flower guy who is delivering flowers to Ferris Bueller's home, and um, and he's just basically giving flowers to Ferris, you know, just for like, you know, a get well soon gift. And of course, this was this the flowers was from the faculty from the school as well. And and as the truck drives off. The, like the truck driver uh, honks the horn, honks the horn at Ed Rooney, and uh, Ed Rooney just uh, gives the, the truck just flips him off, just just flips him off. And and then of course and then and then uh, Ed Rooney like goes back to the fence, tells the dog like hey, come here, Poochie, Poochie, Push come on, come here, Poochie, Poochie, Poochie. Look what Uncle Eddie's got for you. But, but, so, yeah, yeah, Ed Rooney's got a gift for the dog. He knocks the dog out with the flowers. And, and this did leave, the audience to decide, like, how did he, how did Ed, this, like, what did Ed Rooney do with the flowers? Flowers, what did Ed Rooney did with the, with the dog? Well, he, he, he literally knocks the dog out with the flowers. So, like, yeah, the, 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 the dog gets knocked out. And he was able to get well. He gets his shoe back later on at the end of the movie. But, but of course, um, uh, Ed Rooney like here's a here's a here's a, here's a, here's a car pull into, into the front of the house. He thought it was Ferris, but no, it was uh, Ferris's sister Jean. And and before I and before this whole situation, I gotta mention this next moment. Like Jean comes out of the car, she sees a water tower that says safe. Ferris, like, <laughs> like that's the first thing you probably see when you call them home is something something surprising and that and that that is basically a water tower that says save ferris <laughs> because like i said ferris bueller is a popular kid you gotta save the popular kid i guess hey you gotta save the popular kid but anyway, uh, Jean comes on home, comes on home, walks up, runs upstairs, slams the door open to uh, Ferris's room. Realizes that she sees all she sees is a, is a is a dummy in the bed, and she's like, "I knew it!" Like she knows Ferris p- f- faked the illness, and then she tries to call um call she tries to call the mom, but of course the mom's at work. I mean Gene's being a little um being 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 a little crabby pants right now. But of course um, Ed Rooney uh comes into the house walks into the house trying to find Ferris but actually he he finds uh Ferris's sister but uh, but then Ferris uh, knocks out Ed Rooney Fer- but actually Gene knocks out Ed Rooney by ki- by kicking him in the face. She runs back upstairs thought that uh Ed Rooney was uh was an imposter, or a stalker, or uh, just some, some criminal, some criminal, she calls the police station, and, like, she tries to tell the police station that, they, that she sees this man in the house, she doesn't want to get violated, like, she tells the police that, that, that her, her last name is Bueller, and then the police station, but, but, the, but the thing is, like, uh, I, I, it was, it was obviously the police chief, the police chief, um, the police chief thought, like he hears the last name Bueller, and this police chief the, the chief just like oh i hope your i hope your brother's feeling better and jeans like look i know it's, I look, and jeans like look it's real nice that you that you that look it's real nice that you you all care for my brother and hope that my brother's feeling better but listen i really need help i'm i'm really need help she's freaking out right now but of course the police the police chief goes into a bit of a rant and hangs up on her but of, but of course this did end up being a phony phone call because um, I don't know now I'm not a uh, po- now I, I'm not a po- I'm not a police uh, now I'm not a police expert but I think but I believe making a phony phone call to the police station is not a good sign that is not a good sign which probably explain which obviously explains why Gene is taken to the police station at the end of the movie. Now, of course, before that, uh, Gene tells uh, the guy who's basically Ed Rooney to get out of the house, telling her that, "Hey, I called the police. You better, better run. Now. You better run. You better run. You better, better leave the house right now." Ed Rooney does leave the house, although he leaves his wallet behind. But but he tries to go back to his car, but his car gets towed away because Ed Rooney parks parks right by the fire hydrant, and the tow truck came. It took his car. It took his car away. So. Ed Rudin's got no ride. He's got no, he's got, he's got no ride. Yeah, that's what happens when you, yeah, that's what happens when you park your car by the fire hydrant. You'll get told away with that many tickets. Sucks for him, I guess. Okay, so, but anyway, but anyway, um, but anyway, uh, another scene later, Um, Gene does, Gene finds, uh, Gene hears a doorbell ring, Jean hears the doorbell ring. She thought it was the police, but it turns out it was uh, some of the some some people from the health department. Um, who was basically uh, who basically has this female singer who's singing this song about like you know trying to help trying to help uh, make Ferris Bueller feel better, but of course uh, that's not the case. But of co- but of course uh, but, of co- but of course but uh, of course Jean just slams the door on, on her and including the other people who are standing in front standing in front of the door. But but later on, after the but later on, we cut back to Chicago. We see Ferris Bueller and his buddies, uh, driving in the Ferrari again. And this comes to a, Ferris's realization that the guys took the Ferrari, that the two guys took the Ferrari and drove all over Chicago, knowing the fact that that the meter, that the whole the miles on the on the odometer are, went up. And Cameron freaks out. He freaks. He freaks out. He, he literally screams like hell all over Chicago and the and the way how his edits it goes back and forth between the buildings, the landscapes, the architecture during this whole scream from Cameron. that is so insane. He freaks out and he he remains that way. During, during he remains that way up until the pool sequence where Ferris and Sloan are hanging out by the pool. And I'm pretty sure this is at Sloane's house. Ha- this is probably at Sloan's house, I guess, if I'm gonna have to guess. So so they hang out by the pool so they hang out by the pool side, or it could be Cameron's house too. I mean it could be one of those houses. So they hang out by the ha- so they hang out by the pool side, um and uh and Cameron comes back to his senses and and then later, and then later on, they try to figure out the whole car situation, how to like reverse the mile, the reverse the miles back on the odometer. I'm not, and I, and also I'm not a car expert, but I don't know how to. I don't think, but I don't know if if it's possible to turn back the miles on the odometer from like, uh, let's just say four thousand miles back to zero. I mean, I don't know how that works. So, but of course, um, Karen is all is all, is all, is, is filled with anger and rage to the point where, um, to, to the point like like he never stands up for his father's wrath. But, but of course, he took his anger out on the car and he hits the car so hard it creates a dent and he even goes so far as to destroy the car. Like the car is still in reverse. The car reverses itself off the cliff of the house. It breaks through the window and lands in a ditch destroyed total goodbye oh no the car is destroyed the Ferrari is dead Cameron killed the car so then um Ferris so then so then Ferris tries to take the blame for it you know because Cameron's father doesn't like Ferris as much but he he wants to try to take the blame for it but Cameron steps in and says no I'm not gonna let you do it. I'm gonna take it. I'll, I'm gonna take the blame I'm gonna just sit down with him, have a little chat and just tell him about the whole situation. I mean hey but hey I mean like even Ferris says but you could have stopped me I could have. I mean it is impossible to stop the the Ferris Bueller. So yeah it is impossible to stop Ferris Bueller even though Ferris Bueller almost got caught multiple times in that movie by his father, Ed Rooney, and, and then, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then yeah, yeah, and then, and then, yeah. So then later on, so then later on, we go to the police station where Jean is at the police station, like, and then, and then she sits next to this guy who's, who's played by Charlie Sheen, by the way, Charlie Sheen's in this movie, by the way, he's at the police station, Charlie Sheen's character, his name is Garth Volbeck. Who's basically considered to be the bo- a, a boy in the police station. He got in trouble for for drugs. Like he thought Gene uh, was in for drugs, but no. It turns out that Gene, as I mentioned, Gene made a, a phony phone call to the police station, and she got taken over to the police station. And uh, both Gene and Garth had a had a conversation had a conversation, and and they talked. They talked for a while, and. Um, like, like she's been focusing more on uh like she's been focusing uh, like she's been focusing more on trying to stop her brother rather than thinking about herself like like this whole th- this whole situation like Charlie like like Garth was able to help Jean out a little bit but Jean doesn't buy it as much this does lead to a funny moments where Jean's uh, like if you mention, if you mention, uh, if you mention, if you mention my bro, if you mention Ferris's name, if you mention Ferris again, you'll lose, you'll lose some, you'll, you'll, you'll lose, you'll lose something. And then Garth is like, "Oh, she you know him?" She makes a fist, <laughs> cracks a knuckle, like as she is ready to beat up Charlie Sheen. Oof. <laughs> but that doesn't happen because uh, later on, when uh, Jean's mom shows up to the police station. She talks to the, the police chief, or the sheriff, I should say, is probably the sheriff. Like, they both talk for, for a little bit, realizing the whole situation. And even the sheriff is like, or police chief, I should say, is like, oh, I hope your son's feeling better. Tell him. Tell him all the guys at the station are rooted for him. And and hey, that's a nice compliment. That's a nice little compliment. Hey, the police the entire police station loves Ferris Bueller, I guess. <laughs> so then, um, so that so then in the background, while that's happening in the background, uh Gene uh, and Garth are making out are basically making out. And the mom is mad at Jean at Jean, so she takes her home. It, and Jean's basically driving, so technically that's probably her punishment, but <laughs> her punishment gets worse as Jean gets pulled over by the police by the by the police for speeding and going past a stop going past multiple stop signs because um Ferris Bueller is running home. Now, before I go into the whole running se- sequence, um, uh, uh Ferris and Sloane have one last, final conversation before the day is over, and then, um, and then they, they, they both share a kiss, and then Ferris realizes the time, the time on her watch like, like he realizes that he needs to get back home, like he needs to get back home right now because his parents are on their way home. So. He runs, he run, so he's basically doing this whole running sequence to get back home. He's trying to beat the parents and his sister. So so his whole running sequence is just basically Ferris Bueller beat, Ferris is be, beating the clock. He's He's got to beat the clock. He's got to beat the parents. He's got to beat his sister. And of course, I mean, distractions come along the way. Like Ferris Bueller meets, this, uh, meets, meets these two ladies who are, who are uh, tanning out in the sun. And then we get another moment where Ferris Bueller is going through different backyards. He steals a guy's uh, soda soda can while barbecuing. He goes through a house, smells food, realizes that hey, smells delicious, dinner's ready. He keeps on going. He jumps through. He almost uh, gets spotted by his dad while driving. I mean, his dad doesn't notice because his dad was focusing on the road. And then, and then Ferris Bueller jumps on the jumps on a trampoline to jump over the fence. And then, and then he's able to get back. He's able to get back home, but but he tries to go through the back door. He but but he he realizes that he got to get through it with the key under under which is under the mattress. But unfortunately, the key is missing. So who has the key? Well, none other than the de- then the dean of students himself, Ed Rooney. Like <laughs> Ed Rooney finally gets finally beats Ferris. Like he sees Ferris and he's like he shows him the key. It says. Looking for this. I got you, Ferris. I got you. But and then of course, Jean's inside the house. She she like she realized she hears the dean of students. Like she hears she hears him outside. Like he's like she realized like, oh yeah, Ferris is gonna get it. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. he's gonna get it. Like he's gonna get it. He's gonna get in a lot of trouble. My my trouble, this trouble this guy's a troublemaker and yeah 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 but unfortunately Jean comes to her senses and decides to like you know decides to come to her senses and realize like i can't do this so she decides to like she decides to like you know fill in she decides to fill in for ferris saying like oh ferris thank thank goodness you're okay like you gotta get inside right now I mean, don't you want to feel better about coming back inside? Like you should get into bed and rest. Like, like, and this comes and this, and she winks at, and she winks at Ferris. Like it, that it comes back. It comes back at the end, like because Ferris winks at Jean at the start of the movie, but of course she she returns the favor by winking at Ferris Bueller, at winking at Ferris Bueller. That's a good sense of foreshadowing too, like how like like a wink like that. Like, you, you see a wink at the beginning of the movie but later on in the movie it comes back and it pays off very well that's some good foreshadowing right there like how like how you know how like Fer- Ferris view it fakes a fake illness but Gene steps in to fill in for the fake illness to fill in for the fake illness telling telling Ferris even hey listen you're you're still not feeling well just get back back inside get back into bed rest up gives gives him the wink there, and there, and there you have it. And she even thanks Ed Rooney for driving home Ferris Bueller. Well, anyway, uh, Jean talks to uh, Ed Rooney for a little bit, but 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 unfortunately, she she shows him his missing wallet. Like Ed Rooney realizes that he left his wallet in the house. She throws it. She throws it out in the backyard. Slams the door that wakes the dog up, and the dog comes after. Goes after after Ed Rooney. Ferris Bueller goes back upstairs to his bedroom to you know rest up and then like he realizes the parents are coming in but when it turns out that he that he left his stereo on the stereo is basically his snoring machine he had that for the entire film just to let the you know just to fool the parents and know that Ferris is sleeping and snoring so he's able to stop that by throwing a baseball that he had at that that he had at the cubs game he throws the ball at the at the stereo to turn it off and and then the and then that's it. That's the and then the rest is history. The parents walk in, checking on their on Ferris, to know that that Ferris is feeling a little bit better, even though he's still warm. He, that knowing that Ferris is feeling a little bit better, and and that's that's basically it. And then the movie ends. This 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 whole scene ends with Ferris Bueller saying this quote again from the beginning of the movie. Like I said before, life moves pretty fast you'll stop and look around look around once in a while you could miss it and the movie ends like just like that with and then the then, then the song of oh yeah be, is being played in the background and during the credits there is a scene where uh Ed Rooney who's who is literally defeated his clothes are ruined his suit is ruined his face is all busted up Including his leg and shoe that he had, like it's all busted up from the dog, and of course getting beat up by Gene, and stepping in the mud, like he's all beaten up. There's this bus driver that comes by and finds who finds uh, Ed Rooney, who uh, offers him a ride. And at one point Ed did not like rejects it, but decides to get out and to get on the bus anyway because Ed Rooney doesn't have his car anymore because the car got towed away, and. He sits with the students, and all the students are literally like, what is up with this guy? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Rudy is defeated. Like, he feels defeated. Like, he fails to stop Ferris Bueller, but at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, knowing the fact, like, he's humi- like, He's defeated, humiliated, humiliated, in- and injured. He. Goes on the school bus to get a, to have a ride right, to you know get a ride back home. And um and that's it, and that's basically it. And of course, for those who have stayed during the credits, there is a post credit scene where Ferris Bueller looks into the camera and tells the audience, You still here? It's over. Go home. And that's it. That's it. That is Ferris Bueller's day off. One boy, oh boy, I'm gonna tell you this that movie to this day still holds up very well. Like, the story and humor of this movie is very good. And I know it's surprising that this film was going to be different than I thought it was going to be, most notably in the runtime. Like, the runtime of being a two hour and 45 minute movie that's gonna be that is way different. That is way different, but I think for what we got. But I think what we got in the final cut was actually a lot better than before, and and that's all in thanks to the to, that's all in thanks to John Hughes and the uh, and the uh, and the editor Paul Hirsch. They both did a fantastic job of putting this this film together. Matthew Broderick did a fantastic job as Ferris Bueller. Like like this is his famous role in my opinion. Like like this is this is his famous role in my opinion. Like he. He owned that role. Even the supporting characters are pretty good too. Ed Rooney being played by Jeffrey Jones. I mean, Jeffrey Jones did a fantastic job as Ed Rooney. Even the even Jennifer Gray, even Jennifer Gray as uh, Ferris's sister was was pretty good too. Like she she was she was a, she was a good sneaky bad sister to um, Ferris, but of course comes to her senses at the end of the movie. So so there there's something so there's a little bit of a turnaround right there. Even the supporting characters like uh, Cameron Frye, being played by Alan Ruck, he was he was very good. Even Mia Sara was very good as Sloan Peterson. Ben Stein as the uh, teacher, like the economics teacher, like that's obviously good. He did he did a fantastic job playing the economics teacher, saying Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. I mean. What else is What else is there to say about this film? I say this film is very good. John Hughes did a fantastic job with this movie, and to this day, it still holds up to this day. It is one of his best. It is one of his best films in his uh, filmography. In his filmography, and and to this day, I, I still consider and I, I, I continue to love Ferris Bueller's Day Off to this day, and it's still a good, fanta- good film, fantastic film. Good love leather to Chicago as well. So, anyway, that's uh, that's that. So, basically, that is it. But, anyway, what did you guys think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Have you seen this film? If you have seen this film, did you like the film? Do you just thought the film still holds up? Did you enjoy the film overall? Did you think you not like the film as much? I would like to hear your thoughts. I would like to hear your thoughts on the, about this film. So, anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive. still here it's over go home oh you're you're, you're expecting a uh, teaser for the next episode of Kodo Cinema. well well I'll tell you this Um, I'll tell you this the, the, the episode that I just did this was episode 149 but to tease my next episode the next episode will be episode 150 now I'm not going to tell you what film I'm going to talk about but I will tell you this it's gonna be a good one this is to honor my 150th episode of Code of Cinema, but uh, but the film, no, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the title of the film, but it's it's gonna be a Disney film. It's gonna be a Disney film. So a, so it could be a Disney, Disney film from, uh, from 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 it could be a Disney film from today or even from the classics. So, but I'm not gonna tell you which film it's gonna be, but I but it will be some, but it will be special. It will be it will be a special one to talk about. So. So there's a little something to tease for my hundredth and fiftieth episode of Kodo Cinema, which will be coming soon. So go.